everybody. Welcome to another Late Night Podcast with Bridget and Holly. I'm your host, Bridget. And I'm your host, Holly. So, girl, what you been up to today? Uh, being, playing the mom role, the wife role, running errands, cooking dinner, cleaning, a, a two-hour grocery trip a two by myself. <laughs> I can see how it takes two hours nowadays because now you're sitting there calculating Let's see, $999 for a dozen eggs. How am I going to do that? <laughs> you know, I'm going to be honest with you. It's so funny you said that because, you know, I mean, not that I had to watch, I, you know, I, I had to watch a little bit because when I go to the grocery store, I'll grab this, 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 and that. A lot of times I don't go with a list. Well, tonight I was like, let me make one because I come back and I'm like, well, damn, I got all this junk. And only one meal and spent $300. So tonight I did a list, but I also added up as I went. You know, I've not done that in years. Not done it in years. And the only reason I did it was because I was like, I only want to spend a certain amount. So if I keep myself on a budget, I won't stray to the non stuff that we really don't need. So I allotted a little bit for snacks and, you know, just miscellaneous stuff or whatever. And, I, I'm telling you, even though I put myself on a little bit of a budget, it was still a lot. A week's worth of groceries. Right. It was $234, but with my savings, it come out to be $184 just for a week of food. And they wonder why I mean, Americans... good, though, for, for three people. Well, you know, it is. But they wonder why Americans can't get healthy and, and lose weight and stuff. You make it damn near impossible. I mean... Uh, vegetables just to get a bag of apples to get three or four of them you're gonna pay ten damn dollars for three apples yep junk food's cheaper and healthier food yeah so, so what have you been up to I today to do, oh, I'm sorry. and that's the reason i do walmart grocery shopping because i can i stay to a budget better when i shop and have my groceries delivered because i'm not seeing stuff on the aisles that i'm picking up but i've done that a few times not much mm-hmm. of nothing. You've been enjoying your day with Mr. Ronnie before you go out on your boat trip tomorrow. Yeah, Y'all, I'm jealous she's coming on a boat tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, he ended up putting up some ceiling fans so on my porch that I was needing. Okay, so we just want to kind of say hey to each other. But anyhow, today's topic is family ties and family we will add family dynamics to it so we can have more to talk about Uh, and we can do that we can we can add and take away but anyhow that's what we're going to talk about today and holly do you want to start us off oh i you know i'm gonna let you start this one off because this was a topic (laughs) and the only reason i say that is because we both work together when it comes to our topics that we're going to discuss but this one was bridget's idea and don't get me wrong. We both come up with really great, amazing questions, but hers, and y'all, y'all have seen on our test our morality show. She, she'll hit you below the belt. She'll really, really make you think. So I'm going to let you start off on this one. Cause I'm curious to see what you okay. come up with. Okay. Yeah. Cause we don't practice this shit. We just go. No, we don't. Y'all. So Cause me, we want to be think, real with y'all. y'all. Exactly. So I think family dynamics have definitely changed. And I'm gonna I'm just gonna start out with my life growing up versus how I interact with my kids and grandkids now. So so you know, your family ties back years ago, we're gonna start out by saying just just point blank, I think family ties were stronger 
back when I was growing up than they are now. Family meant family. Family stuck together. And because of that, you know, like you can have a beef with somebody in your family, but let somebody outside your family have a beef. Yeah, we got a fucking problem. We got you know, a we're gonna, we're coming it. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we roll it down when when you fuck with our family. Nowadays, it's like not. And you bring your pew pews. Don't forget your pew pews. Yep. You bring your pew pews. Yep. But I think that's different. Um, I think grandparents are different now than they used to be. You know what I'm saying? Um, back when I was young, you know, I used to stay with my grandmother all the time, but I think, and then now me being a grandmother, I don't keep my grandkids as much as my grandmother used to keep me. But I think that comes in where back then my grandpa worked, my grandma didn't. So she was a stay at home wife, you know, mother, Uh and, and she had more time, but now us women are all working for full-time jobs. Right. And we're still, we're, we're hustling and bustling. We don't have time to raise them grandkids like our parents did. You exactly. Know I mean? We want to visit with them. We want to see them. But I think that's changed. You know what I'm saying? I think that part's changed. Yeah, yes. I But think so I just too. think, yeah, I just think family bonds, period, have really slowed down. Because you remember, like, I know you probably remember when you were a little girl, your family used to get together for family get-togethers, family cookouts. Yeah. We don't do that much anymore. Mm-mm. No, we don't. It, it's it's definitely changed because I look at the Christmases that we had years ago when I was like five, six, and seven, and it was this huge thing we looked forward to and did every single year. Everybody in the mm-hmm. family would come, and now it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you got families who live two and three hours away, and, you know, some families that don't get along well, and you just, it's you're, it, it dwindles over time. It's like nobody doesn't sit there and think, oh my God, remember how amazing Christmas was when we were 10 and there was like 50 family members here and now it's like five. You just drift yeah. apart yeah, and family doesn't mean as much, it seems like, to people anymore. And you got to like, you know, back when I was <laughs> younger, you would always have like one person. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget my husband's grandmother she used to have christmases and stuff and everybody got together and da 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 and then when she passed away it's like it all stopped you know what i'm saying like you got that yeah. one what i call your family glue person the one that holds together everything yep um but then i also call this generation like the kids that are growing up now like my kids and their kids kids i call them the throwaway generation and what the i mean by that it's like they are, because I'll tell you, you're going to hear this more and more. We've talked about this before. I was estranged from my mom, but it's because she didn't raise me. And right. she didn't try to be in my life. She didn't. She wasn't good by me. So I feel like I have legitimate reason. But these kids nowadays, you got parents that raise them, blood, sweat, and tears, have stuck by them. And let, and they just, they you piss me off once or twice, I'm done with you. I'm going to throw you away. I don't, exactly. I don't need this in my life. And, uh, and it's cause they're so entitled. I think a lot of them nowadays are very entitled. And so they've got that entitlement that if you piss me off, if you hurt my feelings, if you don't do what I want you to do, if you don't act like I want you to act, I just don't have any use for you. you and know, they're just willing to yeah. throw it away. That, that, that's true. Like, and I hear a lot of people talk about that too. Kids these days feel like they're so entitled, you know, I mean, of course mm-hmm. I don't go through that with my daughter but I have 
seeing, you know, friends and people who have dealt with that with, with their kids. And I mean, you, back in the day, if you were like that and you, you treated our parents that way, your ass would not be able to sit down for a week, you know, or you're going to be missing some teeth. You, you don't treat like a lot of, I feel like a lot of kids these days are just so disrespectful and don't have manners like we did. And I don't understand that because we've always instilled that in Joanna. You know, you see when mm -hmm. she meets you, Miss Bridget, Mr. Ronnie, and even though you told her you can call me Bridget, but you know, yeah. she's just, for her to be 15, she's very well mannered mm -hmm. and respectful, especially of, of her elders. But she's even like that mm -hmm. with just other kids her age around her, you know? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Yes, I've met your daughter. And I will tell you, I'm very impressed by her. I'm impressed by her manners. I'm impressed by her being so appreciative. Like, you very rarely run into kids these days that if you do just the smallest thing for them, they are head over heels. Oh, my God, thank you so much. But that's JoJo. JoJo is, if you if you lift a finger for her, she's forever grateful. If you do the least little thing, I mean, you're kind to her. She, she you know, loves the kindness. And she's so attentive and in inquisitive. And that young lady's going places. I promise you. She is going Cece places. said that, she, too, about her. She said, I mm -hmm. love how, mm -hmm. how inquisitive that, that JoJo is. And she, oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. she absolutely loves Cece. I think if she could put her in her pocket and bring her home, well, her, she would have. Because, oh. I mean, you you raised yeah. a good one, too. I mean, Cece is, is so smart. And, get like, you can text her or or I can text her about a problem with Gracie or Ruru, and she's going to respond just like that. And she's going to tell you, hey, this mm -hmm. is serious. You need, you know, you need to get it checked. Like, I, I, I love her yeah. so much, and I was so glad I finally got to meet her even though we talked on the Aww. phone it just meeting her she was exactly how she was over the phone but i, I love that young right. so much i do yeah she's good but i've i've i have i'm proud of all my kids i've raised wonderful you kids. should be and i know yeah and i know somebody may say well you know because everybody knows i'm estranged uh with one of my children my son and everybody's like well so you're still proud of him absolutely absolutely right. i'm still very proud of him because he is a successful person and the thing is how do i say this he believes in his whole heart that he's doing the right thing and he believes and and the way i see it if he believes that then i support him and even though I don't like it and I don't agree with it, um, and I think there is going to come a day that not necessarily just because I die, I'm not saying that, I'm saying there's going to come a day that he majorly regrets it. Um, but it probably won't be until he's up in his 50s and 60s, you know, and it's way too late. But, but for now, he thinks he's doing the right thing. He believes in his whole heart and soul with all his chest that I'm right. And, and my, and I feel like this, if he feels my life is better off without my mother, if my life is, is, you know, then I support that because right. who am I to tell him how to live his life as an adult or demand that I be a part of his life? Because that wouldn't be fair of me. So even though the situation is like it is, I, I'm still very proud of him. But um, do you see, I'm proud of Oh, I'm sorry, but do you see, like, by okay. you saying that, how such a good mother that you are, hey, you know what I mean? Like, you took a situation, but made light of it because you're you're going to stand behind him and support him. 
you know, and there, there's a lot of mothers who won't do that w with their kids. You know, they'll talk smack about them or, you know, completely cut them off. But here you are going going through what you are, and the, the love is unconditional. You you stand right behind him, so that that shows people what an amazing mom you truly are. Well, and my thing is this, um, you know, and, and I didn't want, I never want, you know, I've told you many a times there, but you're like, why don't you talk about that? Cause somebody, you could help somebody that's going right. through this. And, and, and I've never really, want, and my number one reason is because I know how, when you have social media followers, they tend to want to take up for you or, to, and I don't want my yeah. son attacked. I don't want any foul words said about him or to him. And that's that is my son. Exactly. Yeah. And so I've been very cautious and I will never reveal much information about him or point any fingers in which direction, which son it is or, or nothing, because I'm going to tell you, it's just like right now, even though we, if, if somebody come after him, I would come literally unglued because that's my son. That's your but baby. at the same time, Yes. At the same time, the the main reason that I believe, in my opinion, that we don't talk is because his significant other doesn't care for me. It causes a lot of friction and he's felt like he's needed to choose. For me as a mother, I don't want to put my child in a situation where they have to choose between me and the person they love. You know, yeah. I'm more of the type that if I'm causing that kind of interference and confliction, I'm going to step back and let you live your life because they are your future and I am your past. Now, don't get me wrong. I still want to be a part of your life, but I'm not where you're headed. They're where you're headed. They're where right. you're going. And so to me, I'm not going to come in between that. But now, again, in some ways, somebody could look at that and fault me and say, why ain't you fighting? Why ain't you trying harder? Why ain't you down there beating down the door? Well, to me, I feel like if somebody wants to be a part of your life, they're going to get in touch with you and say, let's work this out. Let's yes. work this together yes. to get this figured out. Yeah. Exactly. And so I can't do you it. You couldn't say that head. any better. You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. And You're my door's exactly open. Right my door's open. And, and I think in his heart, he knows at any point in time, if he would knock on my door at three o'clock in the morning, he would be met with tears, a hug, and an embrace. Complete if I knocked open on his arms. door at three Exactly. And if I knocked on his door at three o'clock in the afternoon, I didn't, I'd buy, I'd wind up in jail. That's what I'd <laughs> So that's the, that's the difference. So there again, I want to say this is what I call the throwaway generation. And I think the bonds between parents and kids are not as strong, but even in healthy families where you're not having the dynamic of, of one or the other being a strain, <clears throat> I think sometimes parents and kids nowadays aren't as close because, you know, kids nowadays will move away faster. Like back when yeah. we all grew up, you would hear, like you would hear Gene's son, Tommy, down the street. Well, Tommy moved out of town. Everybody be like, oh my God, Tommy moved. Oh man, yeah, he got a good job. Well, that was unheard of because family lived close to each other. They left like, we live mm -hmm. on this block and our cousin and neighbor lives on, like you, your family, y'all are all living on that same street yeah you know that's what you heard back in the day well now they it's nothing to move away it's i don't even care if i live yeah i would move to another state i move you know we live in north carolina kids are moving to california it's they just don't care anymore they're okay being that far away from their parents yeah and i i couldn't i couldn't be like that because with my first husband he lived in Duluth, Minnesota, and he, he came here first and stayed for a couple of weeks. And 
I moved up there with him and I got so homesick. I was there for three and a half months and I, I wanted to come home. He knew I wanted to come home. And mm-hmm. we did move back. We both moved back because he, he knew how homesick I was. And I couldn't, me and Jason talked once in a while and we're like, you know, both my mom and dad are gone. But I have my sister who is 10 minutes from me. You know, I have my best friend, Tammy, my cousin, I told you about this, like, like my sister, she's two doors down. Then, then I got Heather, you know, she, she's a little bit away, but she, she lives in the country, you know, and I've got, mm-hmm. you know, just dim here. Now my brother, he lives a couple of hours away and stuff, but I right. don't think that I could pull myself from this town because I just, I was yeah. born and raised here and he'll be like, you ever want right. to just move far away and, you know, just, yeah. just go somewhere different. I I want to, a part of me wants to, because growing up, I did have big dreams. I wanted to go to New York and have a, a office, you know, and on the, the 50th floor and, you know, be a, a, a big, just big office person, you know, executive CEO oh. or whatever. And it, it never happened because I couldn't tear myself away to leave my family because it, it, it especially once my dad died my mom became like my ultimate best friend we did everything together and it hurt mm-hmm. her when when i left because she didn't think i was gonna go and at that time oh, yeah and at that time my sister um had had my niece um courtney and so I would stay home and babysit Courtney while Mary worked so she could contribute. My sister could contribute to the house and stuff. And they, it, it hurt to leave all of them. And even my yeah. sister was upset. Courtney was only like two years old. She was upset. And I was like, I'm leaving my family. We done lost my dad. And so, I mean, it, it's true. It's like, I don't, I don't know if it's got to do with social media now, if it's got to do with your phone, like every everybody is so controlled by their phone now. I feel like when we were younger, you 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 know you wouldn't come home till the streetlights come home. We'd have my mama would be like, "Go outside and play. Go outside. Don't bother me. Go outside and play." And now, right. you know, it, it's kids, and it's this that that's yeah. their way of communicating. They barely even talk on the phone. They yeah. don't even really visit each other. And I'm like, why aren't y'all at each other's houses? Well, that's just not what we do. We just yeah. text. Yeah. But why? Go have fun. Yeah. Well, like you said, just being like going outside, playing, interacting and all of those things. That's a lot of that's changed. But like my dad, he used to say to me too, we used to talk about moving away and it being hard. My dad used to say that. He said, you know, he would thank me as an adult. He'd say, I just want to thank you. And I'd say, why? And he'd say, well, for one, you didn't grow up and move away on me. He said, some kids grow up. And he said, because it had just started oh. in when I was in the late 80s. Yeah. You know, you were starting to see that more. And he'd say, a lot of kids grow up and move away from their, their parents. And he said, you know, he said, and, and he said, there's even some, which he said, he said, there's some that just don't talk to their parents, you know, from time to time. Because you'd see that a little bit. And he said, and I'm glad that's not you. He said, because... He said, we, you know, we've got a bond. We can work through anything. And I said, yes, we can. And and like I said, listen, this is what I'm trying to tell you. My dad 
was for the first 10 years of my life, I know I told you this, but other people don't know it. He was an alcoholic and a drug addict for 10 years. And I saw that. And and I used to call into all the the prayer lines and have prayers for him so he would stop drinking. And so one day on one of the prayer lines, somebody said, why don't you just, why don't you just ask him to stop? And, uh, and I, I said, okay, I'll do that. And I went to my daddy and I asked him, I said, hey, will you please quit drinking and doing drugs? And he looked straight at me and he said, yes, I will. He stopped cold turkey. Now I watched him go through withdrawals. I watched him go through hell. He really did. Now how but long he did he stop. like that for before he had stopped? Like, how long did you watch him go go through that? The withdrawals or alcohol and drugs? Al- alcohol and drugs. Was it like from when you were little my whole, or? My whole life. Uh, whole time. Yeah, all 10 years. Oh, he had okay. come out of, he was in, the, yeah, he was in the army. And he had come out of the army and he was, I think, PTSD and everything. He just started abusing drugs got then. And. Yeah, and it was to the point when I was a little girl, I remember going around and I would find pills because he took pills and stuff. And I would pick them up and I'd say, Daddy, here, I found this pills. And he'd, oh, my God, thank you so much. Don't you ever put that oh, in your mouth. Don't said. you take those. Uh, yeah, he said, if you find pills like that, you always tell Daddy, you know. And I, yes. and I would give him the pill. But I remember, you know, he was so proud of me for finding them. I remember I was then I started looking for them because I wanted to make Daddy happy oh, that I was finding them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but God. now I, I he know did you stop. Love then, so much. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I'm, this is. I, I think this is my point to you. It's like so. I watched him go through that, and then you got to remember, after ten, he was a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. Um, you know, but my dad was not perfect. He was a very flawed parent. But in my eyes, he was perfect. And I forgave him over and over and over again. Right. Because I realized that he was battling his own demons. And that those demons come from when he grew up. So Mm -hmm. I didn't sit here and label him, you got, I'm living in generational curses. And I'm living in, you know, and all this stuff. Because my point was, that's just beating somebody who's already down. That's my dad. He gave me life. And he yep. stuck with me and tried to raise me when my mom left. So to me, that's what I wanted to do was forgive him over and over and over again. I mean, um, I'm getting into some deep shit here, but I'm just going to go ahead and go with it. But that's because okay. my dad that's was okay. an alcoholic. That's okay. It might help somebody. Exactly. It might help somebody. Exactly. And this is what you were talking about here not long ago. You said if you, if you would write a book about your life. Yep. But I go into because he was an alcoholic and drug addict, because he wasn't mindful, because I was thrown from here to there when he was going through things, I was molested by multiple men. You know what I'm saying? By my uncle, by my great uncle, by my neighbor in front of my my grandmother, by my neighbor behind my grandmother, by my neighbor in my thing. Multiple times as a child, I lived through that. But I didn't blame my dad. I didn't say this is because of you, this happened. Uh. No, this was because of evil men. These was because of evil men that I went through this. Don't cry, girl. We're going to get through this. But what I'm trying to say is my dad was my hero, and he raised me with so much wisdom and love, and I knew that he loved me, and we got through And he would tell me all the time. He'd say, I've let you down. I've let you down. And I'd say, no, you haven't. You have not right. let me down. I love you. And... um. He loved my kids. You know, he, he supported my kids. 
But my, I went through hell growing up, girl. You just don't even know. But people see me now and they're like, you're so bright and you're so airy. Because I feel like life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you handle it. Yeah, it is. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. I ain't going to go into the rest because <laughs> I ain't going to have you falling on me. I know, it gets like, worse from there. Yeah, it hurts my heart because what a lot of our followers don't have the luxury of is knowing you the way that I do. And when you, when you, when you hear stuff like that about your best friend and are just such a good person and amazing, like you are like, it hurts me to know that, that you went through something like that, you know, because I, I just, how you are, like, and you're this fragile little girl and, you know, just all these bad things happening to you. And it just, it's, I don't understand it. It's a horrible thing. And it just, it hurts my heart because you shouldn't have had to go through that as, as a child. Not at such such an right. innocent age, not at any age, but being right. so little and so innocent and seeing how you have not used that as a crutch. You, that's, you didn't turn to drugs or alcohol. You didn't go into a depression. You you grew up to be an amazing person and had three beautiful kids. And, you know, like you, you made something of your life and you was like, you know what? Fuck you. You ain't getting me down. Like, I, no. had you had never told me about this, you and I, I, I don't know if I'm saying the right word. So if you may take offense to this, I'm, I'm sorry, but. You didn't look damaged, if that what is right. is okay to say. Like you didn't show that part of you. You you would have never known that you went through such horrific things to for how you right. turned out. And you were perfect right. example of I can go through the most horrific thing and come out on top. You don't have to use it yeah. as a crutch. You you can get through it because you're living proof of it. That's okay. And I, I appreciate everything you're saying. And I, what helps my heart is knowing that somebody can recognize that and see that, you know what I'm saying? That takes a special person to do that because like you said, I'm going to go a little further and I don't mean to make you cry, but because I feel like in my heart, there's going to be a woman out there or even a man, you know, this happens to boys too that they are struggling with this. But guys, after being molested so much, I mean, I, I probably started being molested at probably five and it went on till I was like 12 or 13. Um, and then I finally come out and told my dad and my dad was broke. It was the first time I ever seen him cry. And he bawled, you know, and he was like, oh my God, I've done, I've let this happen. And all I could do was reassure him that daddy, it's not your fault. It's okay. It's okay. Right. And I'm okay. And he, he was real hurt over it, but I remember him, we went and he, you know, it was like uh, coming up to, he said, listen, if we go and tell people this, if we go and report that this has happened and we tell how many times I'm going to lose you. So then it becomes, you know, you had to keep it quiet. You couldn't say nothing about it. You just had to deal with it. And then when it come to trying to press charges against my uncle, because he was the one that was mo the most, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, when, when it come to 
my, uh, my, you know, I told my dad, I said, he's like, do you want to go on stand and testify against him? And I said, no, I don't. I said, I don't. I just want him to stay away from me and never want to see him again. Well, we become estranged from our whole family besides my grandmother because they all still wanted to support my uncle. And they're like, yeah, hey, he's just sick. You have to forgive him. Oh, and, that's bullshit. Um, so me and my dad, bullshit. It is. It is. So me and my dad just separated ourselves from the whole family. So I, when I raised up, it was just me and my dad. I had no family. So yeah. family to me was something I craved when I got older. It was something right. I wanted because when I'd go to my friends' houses and I would see them have big Christmas dinners and, you know, family get-togethers oh. and all that, you know, it was just like... I was a child just looking through a window at them enjoying those things. And, and that's what you I want. That. I want them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we move on in life and it ends up being, um, you know, I get with my, I, I start, well, I start hanging out with friends and the very first time I had actual intercourse. Cause all these times, other times I was molested. And for women that I want to define that. It's men exposing themselves or doing inappropriate things, but not full-blown rape or sex. Okay. Right. So the first, my first actual sexual intercourse encounter, I was raped by a, a peer, a guy of my age. So I'm sitting here thinking, this is what all men are about. You know what I'm saying? Oh my, oh my God. You know, so that was rough to get through. And then when I got with my first husband for the 10 years we were together, I was his punching bag. I was physically yeah. abused by him the whole entire time. And it would be weekly. And I would walk around with bruises and knots on my head. And I would walk around like that, but I would cover them up. And I would still walk outside my door and smile at somebody or be happy. Because I knew that I didn't want to let that define me. So coming through that and having my two boys, because I had two boys with him, coming through that and having the boys, they were my absolute world. Like I built my world around them and it was my opportunity to have a family. Right. And then my first husband, he cheated, but I did pray for it. I used to lay in bed and pray every night that he would find somebody and leave me because I knew I couldn't leave him because he would hunt me down. And so he did. Oh, yeah. God answered that prayer. We found somebody and he cheated on him and left me. And so then I got with my current husband. And from then on, like life changed for me and it become a blessing. And, you know, if I ask God, why did I have to go through all that? I don't know. I have no idea. But it is who what made I wouldn't change it. It's what made me who I am today. Yeah. And because of it, I had a stronger bond with my dad and I love my dad. But. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is, I guess the point is, I can go through all that and make it you can too. But the other point is, if I can go through all that and still love and forgive my dad and we still have a bond and I still see him as my hero, don't be so fucking hard on your parents. Don't yeah. be so damn hard on them because they've been, you know, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know the life they've lived and the challenges they face that's made them hard because I think I, exactly. where you say I'm sweet and stuff, where you say I'm sweet and stuff, I think a lot of people find me as inapproachable or too strong because I tell things like it is. But it's because of what I've been through. You know what I'm saying? But that's what makes you so unique. Like, I would rather have a friend to tell it like it is than to sit here and lie to me and, and sugarcoat shit, you know? Because... Me right. and you are very, very honest with each other. We critique each other. 
with our coloring. Neither one of us cry about it. Neither one of us get mad and act weird towards each other. You know, the broccoli tree is perfect example and the, the, the speckled dragon. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. So it's like, you know, if you've got that good of a relationship, you know, be honest with each other because you can do it in a nice way. But don't sit there and, yeah. and not like somebody but because of it, you know. I mean, that'd be like, you know, you you on camera right now, and they'd be like, Bridget, you know, you got a little, you know, something right there in your nose. I don't let you go to a whole damn podcast yeah. with something in your nose. I don't care if they hear me telling you, get it out. No, you good. What about me? We're good. Okay, check. You know, you're you're absolutely right because, and I know when I say this, people's going to say, oh, there's plenty of books. There is not a book on how to be the perfect parent. Fuck Dr. Spock. Yeah. You know, he's a man, first of all. You know, and you, 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 you learn as you go. And our parents went through shit the way we did. My, my mom was molested growing up by her uncle. When she when she was little, and it it went on for quite a while, you know. So yeah. she didn't let that define her. She ended up getting married, having you know my sister, my brother, and me, you know, having a career, getting this house that I'm living in now, you know. And I don't mean anything by it when I say that people will use their problems as a crutch. But you're stronger than that. Life is so short. Don't let that take you down and take you out. And that's what your story is showing people right now. Look at how successful right. you are. Look how happy you are. You got a beautiful family. You know, you're not wallowing Thanks. around and being depressed or anything. You made something of yourself. And look, yeah, do you have your moments? Everybody does. But then when you do, you get right oh, yeah. back up and and get it out of your head and just continue with life because life is too short and too well, that's Exactly. And that's what I've always told Brittany. That's what I've always told all my kids. Um, it's okay that something gets you down. Get on mm -hmm. the floor and cry about it. Spend a little time wallowing in pity. Don't yeah. stay there. Don't, Don't stay, stay there. there. Exactly. Keep going. Because if you stay there, then, then you've been defeated and that don't work. That don't work for me. You got to keep going. So, but you mentioned that about your mom and you've oftentimes compared me to her, but now you, you see, that's probably what made her strong and made her realize I've got to be strong because you, you're, you're, what you're just saying is when things like this in life hit you, you've got two ways of dealing with it. You can buckle and fold and let it defeat you, or you can get stronger and rise above it and keep trucking past it. But I'm a firm believer if something like that happens <laughs> to you and you let it destroy you months and years and weeks, you know, all these years later, then it's still controlling you. And I refuse yes. to let that shit control me. I will and not she, let it control me. She always, always said that what you just said about let, not letting it get to you. That was one of her biggest yeah. things that she, she would tell you because she was a, a, a mama's girl. And she mm. lost her mom when she was, her Her mom didn't even get to see her graduate high school. And yeah. gr grandma, grandma Sadie passed away from a uh, uranic, if I'm saying that right, kidney poison, kidney poisoning. And uh, she was diabetic wow. and um, it, it hurt, it hurt my mom like bad, you know, so she, yeah. she lost her mom. She went through that and then, 
you know, she did lose grandpa later on in life once she was married and stuff, but she had lost both her parents. And I even asked yeah. her, I was like, mama, I was like, does that make you feel? Cause right now I feel like I'm nobody's child because both my mom and dad yeah. is gone. And I try yeah. to remember what she said because I was like, mom, you know, mama, doesn't that make you feel like you're nobody's kids? Like you never had parents. She said, no, she said, I had two parents that I absolutely loved. She said, but I yeah. can't let that get me down because what kind of parent would I be to my kids, to y'all? Yeah. She said, you, you, yeah. you got to get back up and pick the pieces and move on with your life. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, mm -hmm. and that's what I say too. When I lost my dad and my mom left when I was two months old and never, I never seen her again. I met her when I was eight. My dad was a cab driver and he, she, he actually got the call to pick up a cab fare and went and picked her up and it was her. And he asked her, he said, would you like to meet Bridget? And, and she said, yeah, I'd like to meet her. Cause she hadn't seen me since I was two months old. And wow. I remember her, him bringing her. Yep. I remember him bringing her to my grandmother's and the, how do I say this? It was like, she was something I had been craving all my life. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Like, I was so happy to see her face. But I saw her that day, and I never saw her again until I was 13 or 14. Um, and I had ran away from home. I'd ran away from home. I had did a lot of bad things, like laying out of school. And I'd started kind of down a wrong path, and so my dad grounded me. And then when he grounded me, I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not here for this. So I called. Uh -huh. uh, I got my – it's sad, ain't it? I got my grandmother to get in touch with – um my mom's mom and she got in touch with her and I told her I want to come live with her. And she's, she'd got saved and was going to church and everything. So she come picked me up and said, yeah. And I stayed with her for about a week after I ran away from home and my dad didn't know where I was and he was sick as a dog. And I remember talking to my grandma and she said, you've got to tell him. She said, he is worried sick. He don't know where you're at. She said, I told him I knew, but that I wasn't going to tell and that you were safe. And, um, and he's very upset. And so I remember calling my dad and the instead of him fussing and saying, why did you do this and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, thank God you're okay. And I uh -huh. said, daddy, I'm fine. And I said, I'm sorry. And he's, and he talked to me on the phone for a while. And he said, Bridget, I, I just want you to know, you know, life has consequences. And when you do bad things, you face bad consequences. He said, but I want you to know if you come home, he said, cause I asked him, could I come home? And he said, then he said, you're still grounded. And I accepted that. And I went home. Yeah. But when I, as soon as I got in the car, Y'all, when I met my mom that week, you would think, because I had not seen her all my life, that she'd be taking me shopping or spend time with me. No, she had me outside raking her yard. I lie you not. Uh, Mother of the Year Award? Not. Raking her yard. To the point I had blisters all over both hands. Oh, and, my God. Um, mm -hmm. And she'd put me to bed at 7 o'clock at night. And I never had that with my dad. So I was ready to get out of there. I, I realized then how good I had it. And so yeah. I remember him picking me up and I had my hands all wrapped. I had them all wrapped in gauze where I had blisters all over. Oh. And I said, I said, can you take me to Hardy's and get a burger? I said, I'm dying for a cheeseburger. I've eaten hot dogs all week. And he said, absolutely. And he said, but now you know you're still grounded, right? And I said, I, I know. And, but I was I was ready. I was ready for that punishment then. I was yeah. like, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> he was like, let me get out yeah. of hell and come back to heaven. Yeah, and then I never seen her again until I probably got 
17 or 18 and I started chasing her down and every every six months to a year I'd chase her down and visit with her and you know what she'd say to me on the visit well you mm -hmm. can't stay long because he my boyfriend's coming home after work and I want to see him and spend time with him a little bit and I was like okay um, and I did that mm -hmm. for a while and finally finally I started it started coming to me like I don't know if this is worth it but my final straw with her was when my dad passed away I called her up and uh, I told her, I said, hey, I said, I just want you to hear it from me and not see it in the newspaper. I just want to let you know dad died. And she said, really? Oh, well, honey, you'll get over that. That's, that's so horrible to say to your child. That is the worst thing that you could say. You just lost the one person that stayed and raised you. And truly 110% loved you and did everything for you. And then she's going to say that. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. Well, that bothered me. And then I had a housewarming shower and she came to it. First thing she did was brought me to my bedroom. And she said, we need to talk. And she said, listen, I've lost my mom, you know, and I wanted to say so bad. Well, you get over it. I was like, really? <laughs> I know. And she goes, mm -hmm. but I just want us to fix our relationship because you only got one mother. She said, now, like you got three kids. And if something happens to one of your kids, you can have another kid. But you're only going to have one mom. It clicked on me right then. That's the reason she let me go the way she did, because she thinks kids are disposable. Yeah. So that is exactly. it for me. She spent a lot of time. She told me on that conversation <clears throat> that my dad never really loved me. The only reason he kept me was because that was the only way he thought he'd get her back mm -hmm. and that she wasn't coming back without me. And, it just, after I listened to that for about two weeks, every time I talked to her and she's beating him up and stuff, I even told her on the phone one time, I said, mom, listen, my dad's not here anymore and that's my hero and you're bashing my hero and, and this stuff you're bringing up about him, I can't even ask. So how about let's don't do that? And she kept doing it and I told myself, I said, I'm done. I am done. I, oh, yeah. I stopped talking to her after that. So that yeah. that's, she's building a toxic relationship with you is what she's trying to do. Yeah. And turn turn me against my hero. You know, he was Yeah, why would you want to do that? Jealousy. She was she, I think she yeah, probably is dealing with regrets and it probably did bother her that, you know, you were a daddy's girl and and everything like that. And she was she was like, Okay, well I'm hurt, so let me hurt her. And that's wrong because you don't yeah. do that as a parent. You don't do that to your child. You yeah. don't leave your child at two months yeah. old and then, you right. know, bash your your passed away dad. But yeah, yeah. no, mm -mm. karma. Bro, will you know, karma. right? And see, my dad never spoke ill of her. The whole time he was raising me, he never bashed her. He told me, you know, you might come to a day that you want to meet your mother, and if you do, that's fine. Never bashed her at all. He didn't even tell me it was one day I was digging. You know, you was talking about going through your dad's stuff, and you found yeah. all the paperwork where, you know, kids are nosy. We're nosy like that. We are. But I had was going through some of his paperwork when he was at work one time and um and y'all holly knows this but y'all don't and i'm only reason i'm sharing all this with you and i know this is turned in from family dynamics and family ties to to family issues and problems but i just want to discuss it all what people go through yeah. but i even told holly that that i was eight years old and my dad used to take me to a babysitter and he, it was hard for him to afford it and i didn't like it so i just told him quit taking me to babysitter from eight on i stayed home when he worked during the summers and after school but it was one of those days i was home and i was going through his paperwork and i found the court papers where he went to court to get custody of me and you know what it said on her it said she didn't show up 
she didn't even show up to court to fight for me. So she they automatically care. granted him custody. Mm -mm. But my dad never even told me that. He never did say, your mom didn't even care enough. She didn't even show up to the courthouse. He never told me any of that. It, it, it didn't matter to him. That What mattered to him was that I was with him and that's all that mattered, you know? You probably, you're, I feel like that happened because you're, you probably would have had a way worse life for her. I mean, you hadn't seen her since you were two months old. And she's got you out there raking till you got blisters. There's no telling what she would have had you doing. No telling yeah. what she would have had you I doing. I felt like Cinderella. I felt like yes. Cinderella. Yes. Or Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> yeah, right. Little Orphan Annie. I've never seen that movie. I Y'all, I got to, after our podcast, I'm going to add that to our list that we will be talking about movies that Bestie has not seen. Y'all, she's not seen Dirty Dancing. That's going to be a whole topic on itself. I've seen two. I've seen the new one that came out with uh, Miles Teller. Oh, that's horrible. Because just like how they say nobody puts baby in a corner, nobody can recreate Dirty Dancing. There's only one. Havana Nights, horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. There's only one OG, and it's the OG Dirty Dancing. Oh no, I like I like Dirty Dancing with with Miles Taylor in it. Ah, oh, but you watch the first one to compare them. I think now that I've seen that one, if I watch the first one, I ain't gonna like the first one. I've never sat down and watched the whole Wizard of Oz. I've seen little bits and pieces. Um, what else have we talked about? And we could do a podcast because I'm gonna ask you movies you hadn't seen, ma'am. She hadn't yes. seen the Green Mile, y'all. Yeah, I've not yes. seen the Green Mile. <laughs> But I know about uh -huh. it. I do know about it. And I know Tom Hanks is in it. And, and I know it's a, a war movie. Yeah, and she hadn't seen... Um, what was the other one you hadn't seen? Indecent oh, Proposal. Sling, Indecent Proposal and Sling Blade. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I know the lines from it. Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen people do it? Oh my God! Well, y'all, listen. We've enjoyed it. It, like I said, it turned into a whole hodgepodge of of all kinds of stuff. But the bottom lines is, families is not now what they used to be because we used to stick together no matter what, you know. Yes. And and I, I think that, no, but but now, like you and JoJo and Jason, I I see y'all as the old timey family, the family that's going to stick together forever. And I see JoJo yeah. being one that if she did go to school. I don't think she's going to move too far from y'all. I think she needs y'all too much. I don't think she is either because she was talking about that she thinks she's going to go to Duke. I can deal with that. That's only like two hours and 15 minutes away. Two hours and 15 minutes yeah. away. But y'all be kind to one another. Love one another. Yes. Embrace your family. We are not promised tomorrow. If you're on the outs with a family member, try like hell to make amends. Just, just, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Let bygones be bygones. Yes. And we hope y'all have enjoyed our podcast. If you have not yet subscribed to us, make sure you, you subscribe and make sure you hit that little notification bell so it will alert you when we post. Yeah. And also, y'all, if you're after the podcast, chime in. Let us know how you enjoy these podcasts. Let us know how you enjoy the topics. Let us know if we touch on something that you want us to go deeper yeah. into because we are open to any ideas. But we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We love you guys. And what is our next topic, Holly? Do you know? Our next topic. 
Ooh, <laughs> no, I don't. Because I didn't, I, I didn't bring my paper with me. We did. Oh, I did not either. Well, let's see. What can our next topic be? Okay, let's do let's do separate checking accounts. Yes or no? Yes, separate checking accounts. Are you for it or not? Yep. Anyhow, love you guys. Bye. Love y'all. Good night.